Welcome to the Family Biz Show, where we dive deep into the fascinating world of family-owned businesses. I'm your host, Michael Columbus, and in each episode, we'll bring you inspiring stories, practical insights, and expert advice from successful family business owners and industry thought leaders. Hidden in this grandparent-grandchild philanthropy and in the process is actually young children learning to ask for something in a very safe environment. This is step-by-step, paint-by-numbers, Get your strategy mapped out system. Join us on this journey as we uncover the unique challenges and opportunities of running a family business. The best part about it is that the guys in the field didn't treat me as the owner's son. I was just another guy. But I think what's super unique about our story, we lost the business and we got it back. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's dive right into the next episode of The Family Biz Show. Well, welcome everybody to the Family Biz Show. I'm your host, Michael Columbus with Family Wealth and Legacy in um, what would be now be smoky upstate New York. Welcome. We have a incredible show um, slated for you today. Eric Flatten from ECS International is with us, a 40-year-old family business. And we're looking forward to hearing about your story and sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks, Eric. Great. Thank you, Michael. So uh, the tradition on the show is always, how did you get involved in the family business first? Kind of, you know, what was your egg or what was your entrance, you know, pattern into the family business? Um, sure. And tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, pretty easy, really. Um, so my dad has been in our industry specifically since uh, the 70s, we'll say, Um ran a couple other companies and in 1994 had the opportunity to buy ECS. So he did not in fact start ECS, but he did purchase it in 1994. Um, you know, I guess I consider myself that I grew up in the business. I'd come and change light bulbs, mow the lawn, program some parts here and there. And, you know, as I was getting into high school age and college, he'd say, Hey, you know, think you'd ever want to come work for ECS. I said, no, I don't want to sell that stuff. You can't make any money doing that stuff. Um, I attended college. I took a, a job out of school, great company, um, not in the industry. It was actually in the insurance industry um, and uh, didn't love it, um, didn't love the trajectory. And he said, well, why don't you come interview with my partner and I, I said, okay, fine, I'll do that. And naturally they decided they wanted to hire me. So I, I gave it a shot and probably the best decision I've ever made. Um, it, it's an incredible industry and I, I'm able to travel the world, meet really cool people. And it's it's been a lot of fun. That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. How, how long between the college and the other industry before you, you know, before you came into the family business working with Dan? Yeah, so I, I finished up college in 06 and um, I started with ECS in January of 08. So I gave it a, a good year run, year and a half run yeah. at the other company and um, everything's worked out since. That's awesome. And, you know, and, and a, a funny thing is it's just one is comfortable. And it's your dad. And it's like, I've been around this. I know the business a little bit more than I know some of the other things that are out there. Correct. And yeah. It's funny. I said exactly the same thing to my father. I took a much longer time to get into, to get, come back. But you mentioned, you know, you can't make money selling these things. And obviously, you know, that that's not the case. That's um, correct. And, and, and the market for what you do is just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It certainly does. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second. 
My father, what he did for me was I kept hitting the glass ceiling at the, you know, the Fortune 500 company that I was working at. And I'm like, every time I got to a, you know, a salary that I'm like, okay, now I got to make the next step. They changed the territory or did something else. And I'm like, I'm done with this. This is frustrating. And my father says, come on into the office. And um, I go in there and he's like, here's my tax return from last year. And I got paid this for helping a lot of people. Yeah. You got paid for selling something that breaks down and does this and that. And, you know, and everybody's, you know, I'm like, oh man, you suck. And, but like, you, <laughs> you know, so I get, I get you an know, interview with, you know, dad and his partner. And he's like, yep. sure if we'll take you or not. Well, hook line. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. Um, talk about, you know, ECS's foundation, you know, formation, and not so much the formation, but when your dad took it over, what were you selling at the time? What were you doing? What was going on? What inspired your father to say, oh, I want to buy that company? Sure. Um, that's a big question. Um, the foundation, you know, sincerely the foundation, uh, uh, um, a gentleman started the company, um, specifically our product frequency control. That's what we've done for the entire 43 years we've been in business. Um, as I noted, um, my father, Brad, um, had been actually selling product to ECS. Got it. And the former owner, founder, said, hey, I think I'm going to put this up for sale. Do you think you'd be interested? Um, Brad said, absolutely. Um, so that's kind of what got him into, into ECS. Um, I'm taking a second and just explaining what that you just said this is what we the formation of what we always sold what it is for those of us who you know might not know what you're what that is explain it a little bit sure um so the the simplest way i can describe it is a lot of us have seen a little green computer circuit board that can go in computers it can go in vehicles it can go into wearables it can go into hearing aids it can go into anything medical anything any utilities any white goods right there's a computer circuit board or multiple computer circuit boards. Well, those circuit boards all have multiple different components on it. Yep. So we will have anywhere from one to five or six or seven components on those boards. Um, so you can imagine who our customers may or may not be. Um, it, it, what we sell is frequency control. It's the timing piece and it's the heartbeat of the whole circuit. A lot of us in the news over the last couple of years, and it's still a hot topic, you know, you hear companies like NVIDIA, um, ST Micro, uh, Texas Instruments, all big chip companies. We follow right, right along with what they're doing. Got Our it. part goes next to their part. So okay. that, that's the simplest way to explain. Oh, that's uh, super helpful. As long as we're, yeah. you know, we're talking about it, that's great. Sure. So we, we've stuck to that core competency. We've looked at bringing on some other products, looked at manufacturing other products in and we're, we're so darn good at what we do. Um, we've got some of the best engineers when it comes to our um, technology. Uh, we don't want to move away from that. Um, you know, we, some people have suggested, well, if you want to continue to grow, well, we still feel there's a lot more of the pie that we can capture when it comes just to the product that has been our core for a long, long time. That's great. Yeah. And so your dad bought the business, you said, 96? 90, 90, 94. 94, um, okay. Yeah, and his his partner retired at the end of 12. Okay. And until the beginning of 2013, he said, all right, it's time for us to go kick some butt and take names. 
Um, I said, okay, we'll do that. Um, so we started hiring some people that have helped us tremendously. I, I've, ECS has the, the, the best team out there, period. Um, we, we made some excellent hires. We've made some good decisions. We've made some poor decisions and learned from them. Um, in 2020, he allowed me to start purchasing into the business, um, bought a little bit more in 2022. And frankly, I'm, I'm bothering him to buy some more now. Um, but um, that, that's kind of where we're, where we're headed. Okay. Um, go, let's, let's go back just a little bit more for me. What were some of the obstacles that your dad and his partner overcame through the years? And what are some of the stories that he shared with you, you know, that were his words of wisdom to say, you know, we tried this or this happened or this was going on in the economy. What are some of those things that you remember? Sure. I, I'll be honest. Um, he was pretty good about not bringing most of it home to the dinner table, if you will. Okay. Um, so, so the challenges I probably couldn't speak to. Um, the few conversations that we may have had uh, regarding any struggles. Um, honestly, it was his partner was excellent. She was awesome. Um, two different personalities. She did one piece of the business. He did the other piece of the business. And, um, um, you know, I guess the way he described it, it's a relationship. It's kind of like a marriage and you're going to go through some struggles, some disagreements, but, you know, we found a way to, to talk through it and, and come to uh, um, a satisfactory uh, result uh, from those. Um, okay. But, but not answering your question in full simply because I, he just never really brought that home. I couldn't speak to that. Cool. That's Okay. I would, yeah. I would throw to you, that might be a, a, a fun conversation to say, hey, you know, as I'm buying more and more of this, what yeah. were some of the things that kind of tripped you up in the past? Yeah, um, no, you're right. The, the reason why we talk about those is not, what's the word I want to use? It, it's not to embarrass anybody or oh, to be in a spot. It's that's how we learn way more from the failures or the mistakes that we made, you know, it's like, Ooh, I stubbed my toe. I am not doing that one again. Yep. yep. Um, my, my most recent was a, a, a wonderful thing. I, um, no names or anything, hired somebody without going through my traditional hiring process. I can just share with everybody. It was very expensive. Um, yep. And, and we have a phenomenal hiring process for our little small team that works great. And I didn't follow it because I had a former relationship. I knew who he was. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's good. Just, and it wasn't a good fit. Yeah, we, um, I, I, I can, I, I hear that. And, and we do have processes now. And here and there, we'll go away from it a little bit. And, and we know better. Um, we usually find a way to make it work, but um, if we would if we would be uh, thorough and sticking to our process, I think we'd be even better than we are. Um, so I, I appreciate what you were saying there. Yeah. Um, so you and your father, tell me about you know how do you guys interact? The partner's gone, and have you taken that partner's slot to be that yeah. opposite, or are you guys you know how do you work together? Yeah. So it. Um, um, it's just kind of evolved over time. Okay. Um, you know, I started out inside sales, working with a handful of customers here, there, and working with our reps, blah, blah, blah. Frankly, learning the business. Um, as I matured a little bit, he would expose more to, of the business to me. Um, when she was out, he would expose more, meaning where we're spending our money, what we're, you know, 
a lot of the, the fine details and, and I guess higher level type things that not all employees would be privy to. Sure. Um, in, as we began hiring people, my title changed a little bit more and a little bit more. I was inside sales then I was, I think I went straight to VP of sales and I was VP of global sales. And then my most recent, um, February of 22, I was named president. Um, if we follow the, the suggested timeline, meaning what he and I have kind of discussed, I should be CEO, um, within two to three years, um, big title, big role. Um, but then it's just, it's been kind of a, a, a stepping stone to, to get to where we are. Yeah. How many employees did the company have when you started with them? Ooh, um, roughly 15. And where are you today? Um, if we count inside, outside and overseas contractors, uh, we're roughly 30. Yeah. So you've doubled in size. And no, doubled in, doubled in headcount. Um, revenues have quadrupled. In, in that period of time. Yeah, probably more than that, actually. Yeah. So it, it's, it's been a fun ride. Again, we've made a lot of um, decisions we've had to learn from, we were forced to learn from, and we've made a lot of really damn good decisions too. That's awesome. Let, let, let's yeah. talk about that because, and I'll share why. Um, over the last 18 months, I've interviewed along with a couple of other business coaches, um, about 70, 72 different CEOs. 48% of the CEOs that we spoke with said their number one priority was growing revenue, profit, or the value of the business. So sure. you just sure. did that. So let's, so let's talk about that. You know, you, you, I think you and your dad, your dad's partner left, if I heard the story right, and you said, it's go time. So walk us through you know, kind of that timeline and the evolution and some of the, if you don't mind sharing some of the, you know, things that you had to learn from, but all the good decisions and what, what was the, what were the things that added up to the success, you know, over that period of time? That'd be really sure. helpful for a lot of people. Sure. Um, it would take me a while to get into everything, but um, trying to keep it uh, succinct. Um, we, we, and I, more often than not, opportunities are put in front of us. Okay. Somebody's got, hey, I'm available to come work for you. Hey, I've got this new product that fits into your portfolio um, that I think could be really successful. In those two examples, the first person that we hired wasn't the correct hire. Okay. However, he was able to bring us some product that has helped us out, brought us some relationships that we did not have prior to him joining us. Um, um, I'm already getting lost. Uh, You're doing great. And don't, this is just a conversation. It's just the two yeah. of us right now. All good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, didn't so, that person fit? What were some of the reasons why that person didn't fit for you guys? Culture. Um, total, total culture differences. Yeah. So again, you, you, I've been doing this long enough. I know exactly where I want to go with this. I had no idea that's what you were going to say, but I just was coaching a group yesterday that's about to go through exponential growth. They have a product and a system and a thing that they put together that I know 
that, you know, these three guys that have a business that just started two years ago are going to do incredible, really cool things. And so we were going through it and they hadn't formed, you know, their, their company values. They didn't know what their purpose was, but they were real quick. They, the three of them working together were real quick to put them together. And one of the things that we talked about was just exactly that. It's time to right now, before you bring in, you know, employee number one, that's not an owner. What are the questions you're going to ask in your interview process to make sure that you're hiring for culture fit. Yeah, that, um, you know, number one, culture is probably more important to me than anything else, period. Because we've made mistakes that we're not culture fits versus where the culture fits that we have found exceed our expectations. Yeah, every uh, time, every time. So, and, go ahead, keep going. Well, I, I, well, I, I was gonna say, you know, I. Now that I think about it, I don't believe that we have any direct questions that relate to our culture in the interview process. Um, good, bad, or indifferent, it's, I guess for Brad and I, we're making high level um, um, hires. Our interviews are, we spend the day with you. We go out and have dinner, right? And you learn, to, to me, you learn a lot more about somebody having dinner and, and having drinks should, should anybody uh, choose to partake in that. Um, I think you learn more in those those individual personal conversations. You can pull more out of people um, strictly out of curiosity to get to know the person and, and, and it allows you to get a feel. Um, yeah. Now, most business coaches, most large companies would say, well, you're crazy. You can't lean only on that. You've got to use other processes. But frankly, it works for us. Our, our small company, it, it, it's, it served us well. That's great. We won't hire even an admin position without team members taking them out to lunch. Yeah, great idea. I like that. Because it's, you know, we, we want to get them surrounded by other people. We want to see how they fit, how they interact. Does it feel natural or does everything feel? Yeah. You know? And, and, and yeah, it, you know, it's, it, it could be anybody. They don't have to be from our industry. Some of our best hires have been from outside the industry. You know, we can teach them. Is there a learning curve? Certainly. There's a big learning curve in what we do. But if they fit the culture... And if, if they're the right person for that right role, they accelerate. They, 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 again, they exceed our expectations. It's, it's, it's really fun to watch people, honestly, um, when you make the right culture higher. That's great. And I would add one of the things that you said that I really liked is that there was an opportunity to help bring somebody in. And I'm sure that that person wasn't the only one through this period of growth that you guys have experienced Correct. And, and you, I think that people need to be open to looking to say, I may not have a position right now, but that person adds a level, right. Of, of skill of, of, you know, a culture fit. It's just going to take us, let's figure out how to make that work. You, you, yep. And again, something else you just said rings true to us. Um, several of our hires weren't because we were looking for somebody. They came to us and we said, you know what? You are a culture fit. You could be an asset to the company. We'll find a spot for you. And, and those may have been our most successful hires. Um, so it, you get the right people, you find a spot for them. That's one thing that, that Brad has, has said for a long time. Um, you know, you think about a, a sports teams. They're always looking to upgrade, right? They're always looking to upgrade. 
you always got to fill the bench, right? You've got to have a bench. That's kind of the way we look at it. Not that our, our team is bad. In fact, they're excellent. But if we can bring somebody else in that's going to help us in mm -hmm. one shape or form, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. And sometimes you bring somebody in and it elevates everybody else on the team because they're like, oh, wait Good a minute, point. this is fun again. We got this injection of some new blood. And yep. 100%. I, and I love that you compared business to sports. That is my number one analogy. We are not in the business of whatever. We are in a game and we are playing this to win. And our team, you know, has a, we, we, we want to build a scoreboard. I want to show people where we're at compared to our competition. I want them to know where we fit in the arena and we're going to go lock arms and let's go hit in the foxhole and take on the, you know, what we got out there. I love yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. So what else you, so you and you and Brad have the idea, you know, it's like, all right, we're going to, Let's go. Let's it's go time. What are some of the steps that you guys thought about? What were some of the planning that went into go time? What did that mean for you guys? Did you do like a strategic initiative or did you just say, um, you take China, I'm taking, you know, uh, South America and we're going to like figure it out. Great question. Um, I don't know if we knew what that meant when he said it. Um, What he did is he he injected himself a lot more than he had been in years prior. Okay. Um, and really, honestly, it was we needed to hire more people and we needed to hire more um, big time distributors. We sell most of our product product through distribution. These are multi-billion dollar distributors that sell the gamut of components. Um, so over the years, it took time. Um, we, we were able to engage with a couple of those and, and have, have grown those relationships, have grown that business with each of those distributors. We've been able to add a few more large guys. Um, that's been a big piece of what we're doing. And then again, hiring more people that know how to work really well with those distributors, right? And, and coaching us along and here's what we need to do. And it's, it's, it's been a, a, a really fun ride, but um Initially, I don't know if either one of us knew what the hell that looked like when we said, let's go. Um, and, and you know what, that, that's kind of the fun of being a small business, not having to answer to anybody. Yes, yes. Um, you, you, you can say things, do things, make decisions on the fly, really. Um, you don't have a, a board of directors breathing down your neck and, and saying, hey, what do you mean? What are you going to do? When's it going to be done? Um, you know, Brad and I joke all the time. There's no way we could work for anybody else any longer. Like I, I, I could not ever work for anybody else at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure there are great bosses out there, but, but um, having control over those decisions and not having to answer to somebody is, is, is quite nice. Agreed. A hundred, a hundred percent. I, I, there's no way I could work for somebody. Yeah. 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 I would figure out how to monetize the podcast if that's if I if I lost everything and started tomorrow like this right. is and I don't you know we just do this because I want as much information out there as possible you know we sure. started this because COVID happened I'm sitting here going people are going to need information faster more than anything else and I've got a slew of people that I know can help family businesses so I just started bringing people in to help people yeah. think through this and then they were all webinars 
And, and one of my buddies is like, you've got these recordings. Why don't you turn it into a podcast? I'm like, what's a pod? I'm not doing a podcast. I hate podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we are. Now, now, now that's how we live, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Back, back to, um, you know, what, what, what were some of the steps? We didn't have any planned steps when we said, let's go. Okay. We did hire um, a consultant group. They helped us a little bit. They were probably more expensive than, than what their worth was or what their value was to us. But they did get us. What, did they help? What, what kind of things did they get you thinking about or looking at? Processes, you know, really watching a certain set of KPIs, um, getting us to really think about enterprise value okay. versus just revenue and profitability, right? Um, that type of thing. And then both he he actually joined first a, a, a business group called Vistage. Sure. Um, I'm sure many people are familiar with it. Um, and then I ended up joining Vistage in a, in a different group. And, and while you are flooded with information and every month you've got a new idea, it, it, it's very difficult to implement all of those. But we've learned over the years that if there's something that really is going to work for us, we begin to implement it. I would say that Vistage has been a, a you know, it's a peer group um, specific to business. It can be personal, but it's more specific to business. Um, it, it's, it's been a tremendous value to, to he and I. Good. Yeah, I'm a Vistage member. And so I believe okay. I tell, you know, most of the CEOs that I work with, even if I'm out there coaching you and you're, and I don't coach CEOs, I coach CEOs plus their leadership team when yeah. we're out there doing this stuff. And I'm like, but the CEO, you're out there on a ledge, president of the company, you're out there on a ledge. You just have you and Brad to talk to aside from that. So it is nice to have 12 to 16 other men and women that are in the same position as you are feeling the same things, you know, and not for nothing, but, you know, um, I never experienced imposter syndrome myself. I never thought that we were going to, you know, Come on now. right. Come on exactly. now. So you've got all these other people there. Everybody here's, we, we have a member in our group who in eight years created a $60 million company. And he's like, I'm not growing fast enough. <laughs> and we're all like, do you, do you understand, you know, that most companies, you don't even get to 10 million. Right, right. Yeah. But to be That's surrounded a, by people like that is healthy for the CEOs and presidents. Yeah, I, it is, you know, taking, taking yourself out of the fires, the day-to-day -day and looking at things from a different view, uh, it's... It's been it's been great, but that is one piece that I would attribute some of our growth to is right. being um, in that that peer group vistage. Yeah, it's so that is your coaching group, you know. And, and we talked about sports before. There's not a single spectacular team that ever made it to the pinnacle of whatever their their genre is: World Series, the Super Bowl, whatever you know their thing is without a coach. Right. Or multiple coaches. Or multiple coaches. Right. Yes. And so right. that's that's why even though I coach businesses all the time, I'm like, guys, I think that you should also be in Vistage because there's just, I'm. you think that I, I've got a great format. I have a wonderful process. We're going to really help you, but I can only help you to the level that your brain gets to. And right. so if, by being surrounded by these other CEOs, it's like, oh, I have more in me. I can reach higher. I can do more. I can right. stretch 
learn. And I love that. Or, or, or that's an idea that nobody's ever presented to me. And I can actually take that and put use that in my business. Right. Yeah. Um, and that that's the piece that I like a lot. I'm like, wow, that's something I really just never thought about. Now I'm going to think about it and how can it help the business? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's really nice in a CEO roundtable group. It's non-competing businesses. So mm-hmm. somebody that's sitting in the property casualty business, that's doing X, Y, and Z, and they're having a great business and doing things well. And you hear that and you're like, how would I implement that in my company? Oh, you know what? We could, and that really would give us X plus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Yep. Good for you. That's those are really, really smart things. We don't talk about, this is probably my longest Vistage or CEO roundtable because it doesn't have to necessarily be Vistage, but it has to be a well-facilitated, good group of peers that are at your level or above. Um, and are I, willing to listen and willing to give you input, yes. feedback, and honest input and feedback. Um, yeah. Honestly, that that's that's the piece that, you know, if, if, if you're doing something and, and a couple people have an opinion that that's probably not the way it's supposed to be done. I want to hear that. And right. I think everybody else in Vistage, they want to hear that because many times we all know this is anybody that may be working for you could be afraid to tell you that. I don't, I don't think that's true in our business. I don't believe so. Um, but because we, we've made it very clear to our team, if you've got an idea or we're doing something that you, you think could be done better, you tell us, you absolutely tell us you're never going to be shot down right? We're going to take it and look at it. But, but the Visage peers can, can shoot you straight, right? Um, and it's only because they care. They, they care and, you know, hey, I've done it this way and it worked a lot better this way than, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, but I, I, I really enjoy it for that. And it, again, a peer group, we, we also have, we have a couple of other um, um, mentors. Um, they, they've been tremendous for us. I, I was never a believer until I experienced it. And if you get a good one or a good couple, it really helps. Yeah. And, and I think at the same time, it's being careful to make sure that they're not stepping on each other's toes. Because it's like, yeah, it's if information overload. Yeah, information overload. And also, there's sometimes if they're not collaborative, that's the key word. They need sure. to be collaborative and not feel like you know, they're, well, you're doing it his way or her way instead of my way. It doesn't matter if everybody's collaborative, if they really care about your business, you'll know that. And you'll right. see, I'm, I'm working with a, an HR professional uh, with one of the companies that we're trying to get them up to ESOP level. They want to be able to, you know, move to an ESOP. And it was really interesting. He was brought in because they needed some help in that arena and um, my son was in an accident at the time, and I just was, I was going to limit the amount of time that, is where, so, that I was able, available. So he stepped in and was really helping them to, to go through a lot of really meaningful stuff. When I came back, there was like, we could feel there was overlap in some of the areas that we did, but he and I just got on the phone. And anytime that there's, he has a question about where I'm overlapping or, or I do, we just talk and we're like, okay, great. Now we're back on the same page. Let's move forward. How, what else can we do to help them? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I think it's important for people to really get anybody that's listening to this, you know, if you want to take your business to the next level, 
join a CEO roundtable, look for a coach, find a mentor or somebody that can that can help you see the things, the blind spots that you might not be seeing because you're in there doing it every day. Yep. Very well put. And I, I couldn't agree anymore with you. Great. Um, how about you and Brad? Let's mm-hmm. talk about that for a second. When, you know, it, it's dad. So I know mm-hmm. you call him Brad. I'm going to call him dad. And, okay. and at the, you know, and I get that. I, I always struggled with, do I call you Marty? Do I call you dad when we were working in the same office? Right. And I just felt really weird calling him Marty, but I just got I, I, it, it took me a long adjustment, um, but it's, for me, I, I guess it's more of a respect thing. A hundred percent. It's very, yeah, I totally yeah. get that. I, there is no right or wrong on it. I think that's right. the right but, but, but right. the second we're, we're out of the doors and it's the weekends or evenings or whatever, it's dad, right? Yeah. So. so what's tough about working with dad and what's awesome about working with dad? Um, uh, first of all, I, I have to say he and I do have a pretty excellent working relationship. Um, what do you attribute that to? Because I think that's, I don't want to miss that. Um, respect. Um, for one another and for our employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made the mistake early on of when I would disagree with him, I would disagree with him in front of people. And it may have been a small, I'll call it a tiff, wasn't a huge argument, not, not yelling or anything like that, but irritation. Um, and finally, one day he said, he said, come to my office. He said, hey, we can't do that to anybody anymore. It makes them feel weird. He said, if you've got an issue or you don't agree or whatever, we'll come and we'll have a closed door conversation. And since that day, we do not, will we disagree on things in meetings? Yes, but it's presented differently and it's, and we, we get everybody else involved. So we, we, we've learned to respect one another and it, it's, it's usually clear if he and I don't agree, um, but, but it's not, I'm right, you're wrong, right? Yeah. It's, hey, I see it this way. Oh no, I see it this way. Hey guys, what do you think about this here? It's um, healthy conflict. It's healthy. healthy conflict. Yeah. And, 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 and we really actually, I enjoy the healthy conflict. It's not just he and I, all of our guys. Yes. And it tells me that our team is passionate when some guy goes, no, man, this is, this is it. This is it. And somebody else says, all right, I hear that, but this is how I see it. I think this is how we should do it. it it's a collaborative thing, but, but yeah, guys, Ladies, they will get, I'll say heated. They'll, they'll get very passionate and I love it. I love those meetings because it means they care. Yeah. You, we've never gone to a sports game that people weren't get passionate. We never went to a movie where there wasn't some good, healthy conflict. That's right. what you want. We, you know, and it's, you know, in a football game, and I don't know if you're a football fan or not, but like in a football sure. game, when somebody's right in there and they just took it right to the edge and then pulled back, we got to have a lot of respect for that. And they might've even gone over the edge but then said, ah, yeah. I'm, I'm off. It's when they go over the edge and then they blast through it. It's like, come on. Yeah. And what you just said about dad, Brad, is he, I'm guessing he has a very high degree of emotional intelligence. I would agree with that. 
I don't think, I don't know if you, you're just based on that response. It's not something you sat there and said, oh, let's think about that. But for him to say, we're making other people feel uncomfortable, that's a high degree of emotional intelligence. That's wicked smart. And that has stuck with me since the day we had that conversation. That was 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been good. Um, it, you know, in, in further on your original question, what is the relationship? How does it work? Um, we've been, honestly, we've been complimented by outsiders on how we work together. Um, and again, I just, I think it comes back to respect. I respect where he came from. He's been in the industry way longer than I have. He's been in business way longer than I have. So I get to learn from him. I'm younger. I do some things differently. I've learned some things in different ways. I've got different ideas. Um, and he's seen me in front of customers. He's seen me in front of other executives. And I think he's learned to respect that. Oh, Eric's, he, he knows what he's doing here too. Right. So it's, you know, we, we honestly, we were just uh, a week or two ago with one of our mentors and I forgot exactly what question he asked. And, um, my answer was, and, I, and I, I said this specifically, I said, I'm not tooting my own horn here, but we are where we are today because of Brad and I's decisions together, right? I'm not saying we're here because of me. I'm not saying we're here because of him. It's decisions that we've made. And the biggest decisions we've made, honestly, are the people we've hired. Yeah. I, I can't say enough about the team that we have, people that care, that know what the hell they're doing, that know how to take care of the customer, um, that, that has been hands down the biggest piece of our success. We've made good hiring decisions and really he and I get to stay out of the way. You, it's you, awesome. Yeah. Patrick, Patrick Lencioni would be yeah. very, very proud. You built the trust on the team. You handled the healthy conflict and you may disagree, but you commit to a path going forward. Yeah everybody's accountable and you pay attention to your numbers. There's the, the five dysfunctions of the team and you don't have those. And when you do, you talk about them and how do we pull this in together? So mm -hmm. the, a, a lot of people and a lot of businesses, they read that book and they, you know, and they think about those things and they're like, oh, I don't get it. Well, they don't get it because they, they don't trust each other still. Right. And, and, they, and I, you know, I've seen $40 million companies that are very, very good at execution. They are very poor at having team trust. So they could be an $80 million company. Thank you. Ding, 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 winner, chicken. I mean, I, that's 100%. You are limiting your, your abilities by not trusting and building through those different dysfunctions and getting really good at that. And right. even, even like I'm the one I'm thinking of that comes to my mind right now is they do not have all A players on the team. Sure. So they probably could be a $160 million company yeah. if they put all A players on the team because they do happen to have a very secret sauce and they're being held back because they don't have all players. Thank you very much. Ah, oh, now I have to have a really tough conversation. Uh, <laughs> that's this is this is a really good episode. I might even just give them this episode and say you might want to listen to this. You might 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 hear yourself in here, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or from maybe this time from from minute twenty one to twenty three. <laughs> this is, I think that that would really hit home for you. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, are you a reader? 
Do you read? Uh, not as much as I should. Um, How do you learn? Because you're, you're definitely a learner. And I know sure. you, so there, there's two ways of doing it. You've got coaches, you've got the group that's in there, but there's other stuff that you've learned that you're not getting there. So how do you learn? Sure. So I, I, I don't not read. I've got very young children at home and that limits my time between work, travel, kids, schedules and all that. Right. So I'm making excuses. Um, okay. I, I, I have read in the past. I intend to do so. My wife actually gives me crap about it. I, I continue to buy books. She goes, are you going to read them or are they just going to sit there? Um, so I, I've, I've read a couple books, more than a couple. Um, I've listened to books and I'm working out or whatever. Um, yeah. I'd like podcasts. I really do. Um, there's a couple that I, I enjoy listening to. Yeah, um, with but, what, do you, what do you like? Ed Milet is, is maybe one of my favorite listens. Okay. Um, one more time. Ed Milet. He Ed has a, yeah, okay. he, he's had a, a, the gamut of people on there, sometimes business, sometimes personal, sometimes health, sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, but he's, he's a great interviewer um, and, and has, he's, he's built billion dollar business, whatever it is. And, and sure. from the ground up, I mean, he, you know, self-made that type of thing. Um, he's probably my favorite listen, um, but, but how I learn experience just yeah. doing it, figuring okay. out, making a mistake, um, listening. That that's how I learn. I always have. I got to get my hands dirty. Um, and to, to me, that that that's what I enjoy as well. But that that's how I learn. Okay. Best book, best book I've ever read. And it was the first visage meeting I ever had. His name was um Boaz Rauschwiger. Said you need to read how to make friends and influence yeah. what is it? How to, Best book there is, hands down. I know there are a lot of people that have read thousands more books than I have. For the books that I've read and that I've listened to, that is, that is the Bible, in yeah. my opinion. I, I tell uh, people that it's it's an annual listen. You can go back and you'll pick something up, and, uh -huh. and it's just like oh, or you'll re remember that you stop. You used to do that. And I might not be doing it as much anymore. So it's just a right. great, yeah. Right. What, wasn't it? Wasn't it Carnegie that wrote that? Was it Carnegie? Yeah, Dale Carnegie. I don't know if you can say that's blurry. No, uh, I can't. It's not. It's blurry. It's not coming. But it, it's Dale Carnegie's golden book. It sits on my desk. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Um, I will. You know, one of the ones that was really influential for me recently, and I, I, I'm an avid reader. Now I don't read like everybody else. I'm an Audible guy. I yeah. have a, I created a separate Audible account so that every book that I had, I could you know I can share with my employees. I'm like, here, go listen to this book. That way, they don't have to buy them. Um, and the Anatomy of Peace. Um, and I haven't heard that one. Yeah, it's I hadn't either, and somebody recommended it. And so, Anatomy of Peace and Leadership and Self Deception are from the same group, um, the Arbinger Group, and, and not written by an individual. It was everybody in the the group oh, kind okay. of wrote this. Um, they did a really nice job of just kind of helping. I think anybody, parents, CEOs, but you know, it's designed for a CEO story. And sure. it's, you know, it's, I am the boss to, I am the leader of this team. 
Mm. And it's a big distinction of how do how am I seeing the people that are working for me? As, am I seeing them as a problem that they're presenting or am I seeing them as a collective of human beings? And you and your, your father see them as human beings. You could not build trust if you didn't do that stuff, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I believe that we do. Um, I mean, I, I, since I, I tell everybody here all the time, it's family. It, it really is. As much time as we spend with everybody, um, you know, me personally, I could be better about asking personal questions, you know, how, as simple as how was your weekend? What'd you do? That type of thing. I'm not great about that. I've come to work and get my stuff done. Um, but we, we do treat everybody as humans. Right. Um, and I, 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 I'm sure if anybody was to come pull ECS employees, they, they would say, no, Brad and Eric care about us. Yeah. And we do, we we, we surely do. I I would agree a hundred percent just based on our conversations. Do you guys have a meeting rhythm? Like what is, you know, what is a, what is a, a, a week or a month in the life like at ECS? Or ECS, you know, just as a whole or management. Yeah, sure. So um, every Tuesday we have a management meeting and we go over some of the key metrics. Hey, what, what, put whatever you need on the table. What do you need help from Brad and Eric? What do you need help from anybody else across the table? Um, and that, that can be from employees to other you know, hardware needs, it doesn't matter, right? It, it's yeah. just, that's our management meeting and, and everybody's got an idea. Of, it gives us a snapshot of where we're at from the pri- previous week. Um, we also, every Thursday morning, I have a sales meeting. Um, and those are, those are the discussions where people can get passionate, okay? Um, our business is very cross state lines, cross country lines, we're global by every sense of the uh, definition. A lot of the product gets designed here and it, it goes to production over in China, down in Mexico and Europe, it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, I, 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 we have this, these, these sales meetings once a week so that everybody can hear what's going on in one another's territories, but then they can talk to each other about, well, hey, I know this is gonna shift over here. You need to go look at that. You need to talk to the distributor, make sure we're gonna get to capture that business, whatever. Um, those are that that's my favorite meeting every week because I get to hear and see what everybody's doing. I don't get to see what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. Right. So they get to bring the, the big opportunities up and, and just general general discussion. But that that's our regular cadence. Those those two meetings every week are are set in stone and we have them. Nice. Yeah. If you're looking at the next 12 months, what are your top priorities over the next 12 months? And how do you, you know? What, what's most important for ECS over the next 12 months? Sure. Um, well, number one is just kind of weather the storm that we're going through. Um, there is a pullback in our industry. We sell primarily through distribution. Our distributors have more stock than, than they need. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's difficult getting new orders right now. Okay. Um, so weathering the storm, watching the geopolitical stuff, you know, if, if something happens in Taiwan, it's actually going to not affect only our business, but anybody who has any sort of electronics, because Taiwan is so significant in manufacturing. Um, so watching the geopolitical stuff, um, you know, we've all been through, we got hit with the tariff stuff, obviously COVID, um, shortages. So we feel like we can weather any storm, but there are there are things that are on the horizon that are unknowns right Right. um um and i 
probably need to make another significant hire or two um, that um, I've not been as active in it today or up to now as I, as I should have been, but I need to accelerate that. Um, and, and, you know, managing business and home life. I've got another baby on the way. Um, kids. so I've got two right now and I've got the third one that'll be due in November. So keeping the wife happy, um, while she's experiencing her third pregnancy. And, um, so, so balancing that along, along with work, but, um, with work, it's, it's weathering the storm. Um, looking at making those hires that we probably need to make. Um, and, and just really deepening our relationships with our, our customers, with our distributors. Um, everybody knows what we're going through is in our industry and in the slowdown. So we're going to do what we can to um, set the groundwork for when things do turn back around, we're ready to go. Okay. So I love it. I love it. Um, I, I know one of your pains and frustrations right now is that juggling of uh, happy wife, happy life and uh, home and business. Yeah. Looking just at ECS as you're thinking about what are the things that, you know, either keep it, you know, wake you up in the middle of the night or what are the things that, you know, you're like, oh, I wish I could find a solution to this faster. Sure. Um, what keeps me up at night? Uh, I, Brad probably doesn't like this answer and I've given it before, but I, I think I might be fear driven. And, and while I know this business would never go away tomorrow or this year, I feel um, my duty is to make sure that ECS continues to have success so that we can continue to employ the people that we have. Um, that's what I guess keeps me up at night. I know in my heart of hearts that we're going to be fine no matter what. Okay. Um, but that, that, that's the thing that kind of keeps me up at night is, wow, if, if we take a hit, what do we have to do? You know, I, I don't want to do that. I don't like having those conversations. Hey, it's time for you to move on. Um, um, what else keeps me up? The, the, the geopolitical stuff. But, you know, unfortunately, that's something we've got no control over. So we just have to keep an eye on it. And, and you know, you, you try to um, spread out your risk. But but in some instances, that's tough for us. Yeah. Um, the, the way our manufacturing goes, the way materials are, that type of thing. So um, it's probably something we should put a little bit more focus on. But but that is definitely something that, you know, I don't like watching the news, but I sometimes I have to watch and, and understand what really is going on if yeah. we ever get a straight answer out of anybody, but that's for another day. That's fair. Did um, here, a book you might uh, appreciate. I read um, shoe dog. It's the story of Phil Knight from Nike. Oh, sure. And it's different. So there's a movie out right now, air, you know, that yeah. kind of that, that stuff. This is the, the shoe dog is way more, early before the movie they don't spend hardly any time on the topics that were in the movie you know in the the michael jordan times that was in there but it wasn't nearly as big but because shoes were made in japan then he moved them into different countries dealing with all that kind of stuff was really that's he did a lot of that so it might be interesting for you to yeah. 
to, to look at that. Read the, put that out there. It would be. Um, if you're sitting in front of, you know, you're on a panel and you're in a family business forum and you've got, you know, other second generations sitting in front of you, what would you say are your top pieces of advice to be successful in a family business? Listen, listen, take Good. care of your, take care of your team. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's a family business, you know, if, if, if you've got multiple generations involved, respect, and that, that goes back to what we talked about earlier is, is respect one another and, and don't make your employees feel awkward, yeah. in a, you know, experiencing a discussion. Right. Um, but, but definitely listen, listen and learn, but listen, take care of your employees and, and respect. And then, you know, respect can go across the gamut. Right. But of course. specifically what I was talking about is, is the family that's in the business. Don't ever let arguments be seen by the employees. Yeah. And I, I want to add to that real quick, because I think it's really important. You may be a family where the dynamic allows for that. And that's just the way it's always been. But listening, take a listen to Eric. It is much more healthy for your employees and you'll be able to build stronger teams if you don't do that. So if you're in that habit, find yourself a coach that can help you to change that dynamic because just because it was the way that we've always done things does not mean that it has to be that way. And utilize the example that I talked about before where it was, yep, you're doing 40 million. So yeah, you've got all the success in the world, but man, you left a lot on the table. Right. <laughs> and not I'm, I'm listening to you too. Not, not. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it's family dynamics, you know, you don't know. It's tough because we get yeah. ingrained with a certain way of doing things because I was always, you know, dad always did it this way. And that's how we grew up. And mm -hmm. you and Brad, I guarantee, let me answer this question, see if I'm right or not. But as a kid growing up, you guys had a respectful relationship. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so, yeah. the, so I'm just saying, so you guys, it was easy to make Correct. that maneuver for families though, that there was always, you know, yelling is part of how we did things. And, right. and it's, it, it might've been healthy and you might be get along and love each other. It's just not comfortable for everybody else. And so you just, it, it's a skill. Oh, I, guess, I guess I, the way I look at it is, you know, I, I travel a lot, you know, and you'll see a couple, I don't know. And we're, we're in a public place and they're arguing. I feel awkward. Right. right. So I, I guess I put myself, okay, I'm inside the business and the owners, the partners are arguing in front of me. I'm might even feel that much more awkward because I don't, I don't know what to do here. Yeah. Agreed. Ah, this has been, I, I had no, you know, whenever I do these things, you, you, you should, it's funny. I keep my show format over here and I've got my list of questions. I think I hit about four of them. Um, <laughs> so it was just like, it was a really fun conversation to go yeah. through. There's a lot of highlights in here. I can't wait for the, uh, we, we've been turning these into snippet reels. I'll probably do a whole thing on Vistage just for that community. Sure. I think it's sure. so well and coaching. Um, 
anything that I, you know, you, knowing that I'm a, a business coach myself, knowing that, you know, I'm a wealth advisor and work with family businesses forever, anything on your mind that you're like, oh, answer this for me. When, what can I do for you? You, you put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> Michael, no, I, I don't at the moment. I'm sure the second we hang up, I'll, I'll come up with something. And if that's the case, I'll send you an email and maybe we can do another one of these. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I just, that's the first time I asked that. So I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No worries. Uh, like, yeah, you know, if we could put a little in there. I've had a few times where somebody said something and I was like, oh, I, let me help. And I just would help them right then and there. It was like, they walked away going, that was, that was awesome. So I do give a short time. Just know that as a alumni of the show now, you uh, can ask questions anytime. Brought Excellent. Us Excellent. I appreciate that. Eric, I really appreciate it. Um, uh, ECS International. Eric is the current president and um, go, uh, the future CEO of the company. That's you and Brad plan. have done some really cool things together. Um, I cannot wait to see what the next 20, 30 years looks like of ECS and what you guys pull together. Thank you. Um, my name is Michael Columbus. You've been listening to the Family Biz Show. Um, I'm a, with uh, Family Wealth and Legacy in Rochester, New York. And if you've enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend that you also think may, you know, get some value out of this. And we look forward to having you on the next episode. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Family Biz Show. We hope you've gained valuable insights and practical tips for running a successful family business. Remember, managing a family business can be both rewarding and challenging. But with dedication, communication, and a clear vision, you can create a thriving enterprise that supports your family and community for generations to come. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Don't forget to follow Family Wealth and Legacy on LinkedIn and Facebook for more resources and updates on upcoming episodes. And most importantly, keep the conversation going within your own family business. Remember, you're not alone in this journey, and we're here to support you every step of the way. Thank you again for tuning in to the Family Biz Show, and we'll see you next time. The content presented is for informational and educational purposes. The information covered and posted are views and opinions of the guests and not necessarily those of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Michael Columbus is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker dealer, member SIPC, and registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Financial Affiliates and other fine companies. Family Wealth and Legacy LLC is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.